Hi, I'm Jackie Ergo, President of the Marketing Directors, and you're listening to Real Direct. In this series, we'll be speaking to great minds and the future of real estate. Joining me now is Jared Minatelli, Managing Director of Asset Management at Advanced Realty Investors, a privately held, fully integrated real estate investment development and management firm headquartered in New Jersey. As Director of Asset Management at Advanced Realty, Jaron oversees the day-to-day operations of many of the company's high-profile projects. He is responsible for the development and implementation of property-specific value enhancement and leasing strategies with regards to many of the company's current projects and acquisition pipeline. Welcome, Jared. So thrilled to have you join us. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Tell me about your history in real estate. I'll start with Advance. Advance is approximately 43 years old, started in 1979 by Peter Coziello. Uh, started with a small office building in PPAC. And from there, through the 80s and 90s, became one of the premier office developers in, in New Jersey and what became the Northeast kind of corridor, stretching from Maine to D.C., and then early 2000s, uh, started diversifying the, the portfolio, got into retail, industrial, commercial, mixed-use, multifamily. And today, we own, manage, and invest in over 15 million square feet across a, a variety of asset classes. For me, personally, spent the first few years of my career working for Madison Capital in the city. My wife and I were ready to start a family. Wanted to reduce that commute a little bit, and so <laughs> I, I jumped over to Onyx Equities was there for about five, five and a half years. And a friend of mine that I worked with in New York gave me a call. Advance was in growth mode and they needed some help on the asset management side. And so back in 2016, made the jump. You know, to me, it was a great opportunity to get some ground up development experience. It was a great team. They have an unbelievable, or we have an unbelievable uh, pipeline. It was just really exciting. And so that, I mean, one of the first projects I was on was the Harlow in Northern Hoboken. Mixed use development down there, luxury apartments with uh, ground floor retail. And that was my first introduction to to you and the marketing director's team. And, right. And it's been nothing but wonderful success since then. So, yeah. It really has been. Yeah. And we've been working with you on bringing the Riverbend community to fruition. Yeah. Tell us about the origination and vision of the development. Back in 2005, Peter started accumulating an assemblage right next to the pass train and next to what would become the Red Bull Arena. Today, we own about 35 acres, and, and it's a master plan community that when it's done, multiple phases, and when it's done, it'll have between 3,000, 3,500 apartments and uh, 100,000 square feet of retail and commercial space. It's truly one of the most unique opportunities that I'll certainly have in my career. We're literally building out an entire neighborhood. In 2017, we delivered our first building, Steelworks, followed by 2019 with Cobalt Lofts. And I am really excited that we'll be delivering our, our next building, 399 units, the wild. We loved working with you on Steelworks and Cobalt Lofts, and we're very excited to bring the wilds to market. So why do you think the wilds will be the premium building in Riverbend District. We opened in June. The reaction from the market's been fabulous to date. You know, the wilds for the Harrison submarket is truly unique. 
Everything about it is bigger and quite frankly, well, in my opinion, better than anything else in the marketplace. You have a, you have a building right next to mass transit. There's tremendous infrastructure where this building is. The, the quality of the building, the, the finishes, the amenity package is commensurate with something you'd see in Jersey City or Hoboken, even some downtown Manhattan product. But there's a tremendous value proposition to the end user, to our resident, right? You've got, you know, 20 plus percent discount relative to those other markets. And you're still a single seat train ride to downtown Manhattan. So for an extra eight to 10 minutes on your commute, you can be saving 20 plus percent and yet live in a product that's equally as nice and and high quality. And so I truly believe the wilds is going to change the market down here. It's going to bring a different demographic, a different renter, that Harrison has never seen, quite frankly, um, and and for me that's really exciting, right? It, it it it's a rising tide for the Harrison marketplace as we build out the balance of the two thousand apartments that are in our development pipeline in Harrison. The retail it only is going to help take Harrison and, and the submarket itself to the next level. So we're we're really excited. It truly has all of the ingredients for the success that it's realizing. The public certainly sees the value in the property. Yeah. And each building has gotten better and better yeah. and will continue to do so. What, if anything, would you do differently in the next buildings? Well, to your point, it, it, right, it's a it's a continuous learning experience for, for us at Advance, right? The first building, Steelworks, we did. And, and as you said, each building gets better and better. Cobalt, we introduced co-working space and private offices and, and we changed you know, some of the functionality of the amenity spaces based on the demographic and kind of based on changing needs. In in the wilds, we took an opportunity to, you know, see what worked at Cobalt and Steelworks and improve on them. You know, we, we actually created a subterranean parking deck and that allowed us to double the size of our outdoor amenity spaces. And so you go from an outdoor amenity package that in Cobalt and Steelworks was, you know, about 20,000 square feet. We've got nearly 45,000 square feet of outdoor amenities at the wilds. It's, it's wild. an absolute resort. Yeah. I mean, people are really feeling that not only is it a residential location, but it's a staycation environment. Yeah. And it's interesting. We know how successful Advance has been with all of these multifamily properties, but what's your favorite part of real estate development? Well, I'm an asset manager, so I'm a generalist and and I truly appreciate that. I I I love being able to work on these assets, you know, throughout their entire life cycle, cradle to grave. Other guys like the acquisition part of it or, you know, the the development piece of it. I, I I truly do love it all. That's one of the reasons I got into real estate and why the opportunity to join Advance was so intriguing to me. Now, that said, my my the one that gets me most excited is kind of what we just went through with the wild, which is introducing it, bringing it to market. You work on these projects for five, six, seven years before they're actually, the door's actually open to your end user. You're making decisions five, six years, and you're trying to think ahead and get things right. And then when somebody walks in the door and the market appreciates what you did. Um, it's a high. It, it, it truly is a high and, and it's exciting because at the end of the day, right, we're a service industry. And, and we're providing these people homes, right? Uh, at the end of the day, a long day at work, we go home and we want to be comfortable. And so that's what we're trying to deliver 
to our end user. It's it's important. Um, it's arguably the most important thing. And so, um, you know, when you get that reaction and and you see the appreciation of the residents and and they build a community there among themselves, it's that's truly rewarding as for me as a real estate individual. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's really fun to bring a product, not only to design it well, but to create a brand and a personality and differentiate it in the marketplace. And I really think we did that so successfully at the Wild. Yeah, absolutely agree. And it's it's been exciting. Jared, now that we know what you love about it, what do you think is the biggest obstacle and you know challenging obstacle for you? On the development side, what we were just talking about, there are a couple of things. One, you are trying to make decisions, long-term decisions in advance. We're not merchant builders. We're long-term holders of this real estate, right? And so we're trying to make decisions that are going to stand the test of time over seven, eight, 10, 15 years. And that's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of work, right? Um, you need to continually educate yourself and kind of stay relevant to the market. And so that's that's truly difficult. The other thing I would I would note, we're in New Jersey. Um, we have a tough regulatory uh, environment here, right? A lot of, not so much red tape, but entitlements and, and, and all of the regulatory state requirements that go along with it, it as a developer, it makes it, makes it difficult. And I'd be lying if I didn't, didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> what is the biggest lesson you've learned going through those obstacles? A couple of things. One, like I said, continuous education, right? Staying on top of the market, staying on top of your demographics and, and every building to your point, every building has a personality. Every, every building has its own you know, specific demographic. And you need to know that if you want to deliver something that that demographic and that building appreciates, uh, number one. So continuous education. The other thing I would simply say is perseverance. Real estate development's not for the faint of heart. You need to have patience and perseverance. You, you have to believe in your product and your vision and your mission. And if you do that and you take a long-term view of things, you can be successful in spite of market cycles, in spite of those regulatory issues and roadblocks that might come along your way. And so, yeah, patience and perseverance. I agree 100%. You know, we also work together to make sure, as you said, when we're designing and developing, it is years before we deliver. And you have to look to what are the future trends. So that education and analysis of the markets. Look how our market has changed in Harrison alone. Yeah, It was all Harrison people when we first started. Now they're coming from Manhattan. They're coming from Brooklyn. They're coming from Jersey City to take advantage of the value that you're developing in Riverbend. To that point, you know, that's why the partnership with, with marketing directors is so important to us, right? To be able to lean on people that we know, trust, and have executed not just once, but on a now four separate projects for us exceedingly well, to be able to lean on you guys for that information, what trends are you seeing? And if we're trying to target a certain demographic in Jersey City, what do those people appreciate? What do I need to introduce into my projects that's going to resonate with them if that's the type of renter that we're trying to attract? And so surrounding yourself with a good team of professionals and truly having partnerships with people. It is a team. It takes a village to get these things out of the ground and deliver it and do it all successfully. 
you know, and so being able to lean on Jackie, you and your team is an invaluable resource for developers like myself. And that synergy that we create at the table is very exciting and keeps every day and every success so rewarding. Yes, absolutely. Jared, what's one word of advice you have to new developers coming into this marketplace? I think I hit on it before. You, you, you have to stay relevant, you know, as long-term holders of real estate, if that's your goal, uh, you want to build a portfolio, you need to build things that are going to stand the test of time. You need to build things that are classic. And so I think you've seen it in our designs, right? We stick to things that don't go out of style, right? Um, you go with marble and, and you go with nice natural wood tones and, and a lot of greenery and plants and things like that. That stuff never goes out of style, you know, or it'll be appreciated five, 10, 15 years down the road. And so I think staying relevant, understanding what those underlying finishes and amenities and things that do stand the test of time and are also, you know, demographic neutral, right? There are certain things that are appreciated across demographics and across age ranges and income levels and all that stuff. And so Understanding what those are and making sure that those staples end up in your product um, will allow your buildings to uh, remain flexible. They'll remain appreciated by a demographic that changes over time, right? As a market matures, as an evolving market, emerging market, uh, as a mature market, right? And so as a developer, I, I would suggest, you know, stay educated, always be learning, always be reaching out to professionals, uh, architects, people like yourself, Jackie, to stay ahead of the curve. Jared, you've been in the business for a long time. Who were your role models? Do I seem that old? <laughs> a no, long not time. at all. But you <laughs> no, have been, right? No. 2005 yeah, is a long Yeah, no, time. no, no, no. I'm going on 20, 20 years. Uh, been, it's, it has been a long time. Been a fun ride. I, you know, listen, every boss that I've worked for, I've looked up to. I've, I've found myself historically at smaller owner managers on the operator side. And so I, I go back to my days at Madison Capital, Joe Jacobson, Richard Wagman, big time mentors for me, especially at a young age. And then when I made the jump, John Saracino and Jonathan Schultz, I know you, you've worked with the Onyx guys in the past. You know, they, they were great for me in my career. And then obviously now I look to the Cozziello family, in particular, Peter, Peter forgot more today about real estate than I will probably ever know. He's a wealth of knowledge and, and I appreciate that he really does push the team to strive for excellence, right? There's, there's a true commitment to excellence at, you know, at advance. And we've kind of built that culture of not resting on our laurels. Uh, we've got a great pipeline. We've got a great bench of talent at advance. Um, Peter's done a tremendous job. He's got three sons that are in the business, Alex, Dan, and Peter John, and we push each other. We really do push each other. And so I, I do, I look up to him, you know, for guidance. Yeah. Leave it there. We really love being involved in the partnership with you and feel like you're in-house marketing and leasing team. So it's seamless, you know, not only are you our client, but we really do work together and play off each other to ensure the success of a development. Absolutely. In recent years, um, major cities have experienced mass departures during the pandemic. Remote working, more affordable housing, um, were highly influential in the migration from dense urban areas. 
How might people that moved away, do you think, be drawn back to the cities? It's a great question, right? And and it's an evolving answer in a post-COVID world. I, I think the knee-jerk reaction post-COVID was, well, remote work is here to stay and that's just the future and everybody can work from wherever. And I, I think as time went on, you know, companies realized that there's a loss of kind of that creative genius, um, that spontaneous creativity and value creation that happened in the office place around the water cooler um, that doesn't happen vis-a-vis Zoom. And so I think you, you've seen it over the last 12 months, companies requiring employees to come back to the office to kind of create that, that value. Now, I think they've done a good job of recognizing a little bit more of a work-life balance and being a little bit more flexible. And I think that's here to stay. But the reality is the office is an important piece of value creation for most companies, right? It's not a one-size-fits-all, but for most most companies. And so- In order to share and collaborate, you have to be in the same room. Absolutely. Too much multitasking and things happen on Zoom, right? People not paying attention. Anyway. So when I think of that, people going back to the office, I think of gateway cities, I think of infrastructure, easy in, easy out. And and for us, we're New Jersey, New York centric. There's nowhere better in the world than New York. And so we always say in our office, um, you know, don't bet against New York, right? It goes through cycles. We've seen it historically, but don't bet against New York. And so for us, being a single seat train ride into downtown Manhattan you know, 18 minutes door to door for for our residents, we're creating or or, or we're offering that um, convenience factor to people that we were talking about earlier, right? Um, so I I I do think long term the cities will bounce back. I think some of the urban suburban development, transit oriented development, um, things that we're focused on are going to remain in high demand. They're going to remain valuable. And and the cities, I think, will bounce back over, over time here as these companies come back to the office. And I think the Riverbend District, is, besides having wonderful transportation options, we've created an environment within the building itself yeah. to make flexible workspaces successful. We have multiple conference rooms, Zoom rooms. It really does enable people to have a more flexible schedule. We've seen from the success at the Wilds that it's working. Yeah, I, I think about the Wilds, right? At your recommendation, we installed work nooks, study nooks in in most apartments, and so most apartments have a small, flexible work from home space, right? In addition to the conference rooms and private offices that we did in the public amenity spaces, and so, right, going back to what we talked about, we try and create spaces that are flexible for a variety of end users. When appealing to each demographic's values and aspirations, we constantly must reset how we define luxury. For the next wave of development, how do you incorporate the fluctuating definition of luxury? It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It changes so rapidly, especially with the technology these days. I remember in Steelworks, you'll, you'll remember this, we installed uh, Amazon Echo Dot in every apartment. And that building was introduced in 2017. By 2020, it was irrelevant, right? The technology changes so fast. So 
So what defines luxury? It, it truly is evolving at a very rapid pace. And so again, as, as a long-term holder, we try and create those spaces with flexibility so that as those resident needs and wants change over time, we can adjust our spaces to fit those uh, market kind of dynamics, right? Um, you know, right now it's it's all about the outdoor space. Uh, you know, again, a post-COVID phenomenon, thankfully with some foresight back in 2010, 11, 12, when we were going through the planning process for the Riverbend District, we we designed all of our buildings with outdoor private terraces and balconies. And and so that's been a huge hit in the post-COVID world, right? And that's a market differentiator. Nobody else in the Harrison market can offer that. And so that sets us and our product and the Riverbend District aside. You know, the amenity game, it's always every building has something newer, bigger, and and more amazing. I think the the opportunity for us in, in the Riverbend District specifically is that we can build 3,000 apartments over eight to 10 buildings on a scale that's really unheard of in, in New Jersey, right? And so for us, the value proposition becomes, well, I, I can now leverage all of these buildings. I can install a basketball court in one building and you know a spa, sauna, indoor lap pool in another building, and I can do a pickleball court in another building. And, and what we can offer our residents who... Maybe they live in a building that doesn't have any of that stuff, but they want access to it. Okay, well, your key fob is a single key fob. You have access to it. You want to go play basketball? Go play basketball. You want to you go use the gym two blocks over because you're into CrossFit or whatever it is? You go do it. You want to go and enjoy the spa one day? You go do it, right? So um, that, as we continue to build out the Riverbend District, that's going to be what sets us apart not just from Harrison and, and the no, you know the Newark local market, but what sets us apart from Jersey City and Hoboken and and Weehawken and Fort Lee and all of these other, you know, transit-oriented urban, you know, redevelopment sites. So you can see I get excited about it because it's 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 a unique opportunity and it's going to be a lot of fun here for us over the next five to seven years as we build this all out. And it'll be a unique opportunity for the residents. More importantly. It's a destination neighborhood already, and it's just getting better and better. Yeah. And I'm excited to introduce retail, right? Retail's always that neighborhood chicken and the egg. They need the density. Before they can come in. That's right. And the neighborhood really isn't place. You don't create a place. There's no place making until you do have some of that service-oriented retail and stuff. So in these next couple of buildings, after you know we finish up the lease up at the wild, we're going to start introducing that retail component. And at that point, I think that's going to be a major inflection point for the submarket itself. It's a game changer. Huge game changer. So I'm, I'm excited about that in particular in the next building. Jared, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. To learn more about Jared Minatelli, please visit advancere.com. I'm Jackie Ergo. Thank you for listening to Real Direct, elevating residential real estate.